This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Old-time Big Ten football. Yeah. Touchdown, Purdue! This Purdue season has told you anything so far. It's that on any given week, anything can happen. And if you remember the last time the Boilermakers took a trip out to Iowa City, that would definitely ring true for this week as well. Anything can happen. They went out there 2021 and upset the number two team in the nation. Maybe a little bit of fraudulent at the time. But they still went out there in the middle of the season last two years ago and put it on them. A defensive, you know, showing by that team. And it was maybe a little bit of a surprise at the time. But can they do it again? Let's discuss here on this edition of the Behind the Rails of Purdue Football Podcast on the Believe Network. Hello, friends. I am your host, Bryce Vance. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the podcast, where we do a preview and a recap show, and sometimes another third show mixed in throughout the week, throughout the college football season. And uh, no matter how this season goes, we will have at least two episodes a week. and. Uh, Going to try to get something special planned for the bye week coming up here in a couple of weeks after Purdue takes on Ohio State next week. Then after that, they have the bye week. But let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Purdue is a two and a half point underdog. The over under for this game is 39 and a half points. You know where I got those lines? And you want to know where I got them rather quickly? Bet online. It's Week six of the college football season, and there's been college football being been played for seven weeks, almost after this Saturday, because we had week zero. But throughout this entire season, and for so many many more sports, Bet Online is your number one information for all your sports wagering info. With all the up to minute stats, news, scores, matchup breakdowns, get the latest, the latest, like right now. Even if you're listening to this. Saturday morning, right before kickoff, you can get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL to college football right at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on stats, news, and odds. From week six all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to best the best football promotions, 
contest available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code, the one that is associated with the Believe Network, B-L-E-A-V, Believe, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. And let's start by looking back at that matchup in 2021. It was, I think, a matchup that not a lot of people expected Purdue to go out there and win. And I think you can draw some similar conclusions for this game. There's still a lot of people that coming off last week's blowout victory over Illinois, that there's still some people skeptical skeptical in the Purdue team that has been wobbling back and forth between looking really good like they did last week and not so good like they did against Syracuse and for parts of the Wisconsin game. And I'm right there with you. I'm I'm a little bit skeptical that this team can go out to Iowa City and pick up a win. I, I think last week was great. We talked at length about it. It was a great win in, in dominating fashion. Illinois has definitely been a disappointment to this point in the season for a lot of people, including a lot of their own fans. But I think that Purdue has a good to decent chance of of winning this game just because of what's going on on the Iowa side. Uh, Last time Purdue was out there in Iowa City, it was a 24-7 win over the number two Hawkeyes at the time, giving Iowa their first loss. Purdue had four interceptions in the game and held Iowa to under 280 yards of offense. Cam Allen, if you remember, had two picks, and T.J. Sheffield had a career day that uh, that famous day in Iowa City. And it's going to take similar effort for Purdue to pull off another upset because, according to the odds, it would be an upset. I don't think it would be a huge upset. It may be a mild upset, but I think that Purdue needs to find ways to keep improving and build off the momentum they got in last week's win. Can they do that? How do they do that? I I think that it all starts with keeping Iowa's defense on the sideline uh, because that is the best unit in this game. And or it's keeping them on the field and wearing them down if you can. And Purdue has shown, at least here, for for one week. I mean, it's not a long sample size. I was trying to think of more examples of how Purdue has established a running game, and they haven't. But if you can build off last week where you were facing a defensive front that is, you know, got a lot of talent on there for, for Illinois, and you kind of push them around a little bit, not a, I mean, more than a little bit. They pushed them around. And the defensive front for Purdue pushed around that offensive line. So I I like starting and talking about the lines. I know it's not the sexiest place to start, but as as a former lineman, I I look at that spot the most when I'm watching a game. Yes, a lot of you know, a lot of people have their eye trained on the ball and watching the ball and, and seeing people make the catches and stuff like that. But I've over the last, you know, handful of years 
have tried to train my eye to watch the lines. And that's where I think, you know, a lot of these games, especially in, in the Big Ten West and the Big Ten Conference as a whole, these games are won and lost because Purdue's offensive line, I told you at the beginning of the year, has the potential to be at least in the upper half of the Big Ten uh, as far as, you know, a power ranking or a hierarchy of offensive lines. And they showed that last week. I mean, you, you were waiting on Gus Hartwig to come back. Other than that, they've re- remained relatively healthy. You have Garrett Miller, who was coming back as well, and he how he helps in the run game. Uh, and I think what they've been doing with some of the two-back sets that they've had, you know, with guys uh, blocking for each other, some even some of the wide receivers you've seen block pretty well along the edges. I, I At least they did last couple of weeks, more so last week. I think if, if you can get this offensive line and to push around Iowa the same way that they did Illinois, even, even as <laughs> – the 70 the 75% amount of what they did last week i think that you have a decent chance of winning this game because i was very talented they haven't generated a ton of sacks I think 3 sacks on the year but they still have 24 tackles for loss so you know about 5 to 6 about 6 per game so they're not great at generating a whole lot of pass pressure, which may favor this Purdue offense if they, you know, decide to go with a more uh, pass happy attack this week, would which would stray away from what they did last week. But I think they found out that the running game was just going uh, a lot better than maybe they anticipated last week and just kept feeding it. And you know, by the end of that game, they were just they just had absolutely worn down Illinois. I don't know if you're necessarily going to be able to do that with Iowa this time around. Iowa is a much more talented team than Illinois is on that side of the ball in in all three phases uh, of of the defense. Um, Unless, you know, some injuries start to pile up and you start to test the Iowa depth, I I think that it's going to be really hard to push them around for four quarters um, and and throw on them, um, you know, really a lot effectively, Um, especially you're going to have to, avoid Cooper DeGene because um, if you haven't seen some of his plays that he's made recently, I think he's been, he's been all over the place and they've, they've hinted and talked about quite a bit in the press conference for for Kirk Ferentz uh, this past week about using Cooper on the offensive side of the ball. So we'll see if he gets involved in, in the offense at all to kind of give them a spark as they introduce a new quarterback with Cade McNamara uh, out for the year. Uh, after he tore his ACL last week against Michigan State, it means Deacon Hill, the Wisconsin transfer, is now the starting quarterback. So we're going to get more detail into that. But finishing the point with the offensive lines and the lines in general, I, I think that this Purdue offensive line showed what it's capable of with having 200 rushing yards last week against a what I thought was a decent decently good um, front for Illinois and they just pushed them around. I, I don't think they're going to be able to do that for four quarters um, or even early on to potentially try and do that uh, in the game later on. I just don't think that's how this game is going to play out. I think it's going to be 
a physical battle all the way throughout. And that was another concern going into that game against Illinois. Illinois plays a physical brand of football. Can Purdue match the physicality? And I think they did for the most part. Now you're going up against maybe uh, an even more physical team in Iowa. Can you match that intensity? Can you match that physicality for four quarters? And I think that Purdue can. And I think that will help them keep this game close. I don't think this game ever gets out of reach by one score um, either way, whether Purdue goes up a score or Iowa goes up a score. I really don't see either team leading by double digits in this game. It, it should be a close battle all the way throughout. And uh, I'll give you my my final thoughts uh, for, for a final score prediction later on in the game. So I mentioned Cade McNamara out for the year. Uh, this offense led by him wasn't really that spectacular with him in there at quarterback. Regardless, he was completing just over 50% of his passes. You bring in Deacon Hill, who can throw the ball a a country mile. He said earlier this week when talking to the media, he could throw the ball 70 yards. This offense isn't going to ask him to do that. This offense is definitely not predicated on the deep pass like at all. So I don't know. I don't know if that would ever come into play. Maybe one deep, one or two deep shots for this for this Iowa uh, offense, and it would have to be my guess that uh, a receiver breaking open free, like wide open, by a good amount for an Iowa quarterback to unleash it. Uh, but he's six three, two fifty plus. And his mobility, I think, will be a factor in this game. Not so much in he's going to take off and run for 75 yards down the field, but third and short situations, fourth and one, I think that's where it could come into play. Uh, So far this season, Hill has completed 11 of 27 for 115 yards and a touchdown and one interception. And we had some drops last week from Iowa receivers. I think they had five in the game against Michigan State. Maybe the game gets a little bit more out hand, but they only beat the Spartans by 10, 26 to 16. And you may think, okay, they haven't thrown the ball well, but they've been running the ball well, right? I mean, that's what Iowa does. They have big bruising uh, backs, uh, maybe the the occasional uh, speedster that can stretch out the defense a little bit along with their physical tight ends and a big offensive line. I mean, that's just how they beat teams, right? No, they haven't really done a whole lot on the ground either. And they've been banged up. Caleb Johnson uh, has been uh, hurt. Um, I I don't think he comes back. I think they had another back that was hurt uh, that might come back as well. Um, Luke Lachey, uh, who is their uh, one of their best tight end, he's out for the year after getting hurt in week three against Western Michigan. And that's kind of really hurt this offense with having Johnson and Lachey out. And now you have McNamara out this offense that has brutally struggled once again, under Brian Ferentz, the offensive coordinator. It's, it just, it's hard for me to see this team putting up more than, 30 points, even against a a Purdue defense that has struggled a lot this season. But 
showed what it's capable of last week when you have an offensive attack that is struggling on third down and struggles to throw the ball to outside of more than just one target, one or two targets, and that struggles to get a running game going. I mean, I think Purdue's defense is more than capable of keeping this offense down around 21 to 27 points in that range. The real question is, can Purdue match that? Can they get to 27? Can they get to 20? I I think that's a real question this week. I I think Purdue um, might struggle to get there just because of how good this Iowa defense is. This Iowa defense is, is up there in terms of the best in the Big Ten. Maybe top top four mixed in with the the big three from the east. This might be the best defense in the West. And that's gonna that's what's gonna keep them in this game. Um and what's gonna keep them in a lot of games. They also might be looking ahead to next week when they have to go to Wisconsin. You don't want to you this would be a good this is a good chance for Purdue to get them. Um looking ahead possibly to what a game that could ultimately decide the Big Ten West next week in Madison. So uh, for Iowa offensively, it's all about stopping the tight ends because there's no running game that has really broken off um, and there has been no real big receiving target that has um, been able to go off um, if you can stop the tight ends and allowing them to be productive, you got a really good shot at winning this game. I think that 50%, yeah, 50% of the receptions for Iowa have been two tight ends. The others, running backs, wide receivers, um, and none of the receivers, I think, are over 100 yards for the season. So, I I just think this Iowa offense is is really manageable to contain not only just with you know what they do in in the play calling but against other Big 10 opponents Michigan State and Penn State Iowa has averaged 149 yards of total offense not even 200 yards of offense in their last two games uh, that's an average now I know they averaged more last week and and more than that in the Penn State because in Penn State in the Penn State game they were just absolutely dreadful. I think they had four first downs the entire game. And so many so many fumbles that it was just uh, an absolute atrocious game to watch. Last week wasn't much better uh, as far as viewing the game and and watching it back. It's it's still not a outside of a of a pick six or not, not a pick six, a punt return for a touchdown by Cooper DeGene. That's a, a, a one-score game. It's a one-score game with Michigan State, who is awful, terrible this year. And and Purdue would be you know so kind to have them on the schedule because that, that was almost another game that they would ultimately win and they would need for them to get to bowl eligibility this season. They've only, and against other Big Ten opponents, Again, Penn State and Michigan State, I know it's only two-game sample size, but Power 5 competition, 
even against Iowa State, their other power five opponent. That's an, another game that was absolutely dreadful. And I think an, uh, another non-offensive touchdown was scored in that game. So I, I just think that with this team being so dreadful offensively, can't run the ball, can't throw to receivers, new starting quarterback, you're a little bit banged up on the offensive line. I think they had one new starter in last week. And you have your best tight tight end out for the year. You have other guys that are behind him that are talented. I just think that this Iowa offense is not going to be able to score, you know, more than 24 points against this Purdue defense that definitely took a step forward last week. Can they keep up that momentum and can they keep that offense off off the field uh, and just keep them down again? I, I definitely think so. I, I think this is going to be an ugly, ugly looking game. Um, one that we're going to be talking about on, on Sunday's recap that is like, man, that was just absolutely dreadful to watch. Um, that was not pretty as far as, you know, high-flying football um, compared to what Purdue looked like last week offensively as well. And we'll get to that side of the ball here in a sec. But I think if you can get this Iowa offense into third and long situations like you were against Illinois, you have a great shot. A great shot. because. Overall, for the season, the entire season, Iowa has gotten 18 first downs when they are faced with a third down. They're 18 of 65. 18 of 65. And half over half of those, 10 of those first downs have been when the third down is accompanied by one to three yards. Everything else is not very good percentage-wise. I think on third and seven to nine yards they've converted maybe one or two and i think it's also about the same for when they have third and more than 10 yards 10 or more they've only converted two of those i think looking at their stats earlier today so if you can get them to third down this it's it's what purdue was challenged with all last week and they did very well all the way throughout the game, they gave up two third downs, third down conversions late in that fourth quarter. But for 85% of that game, Purdue was locked in on third down. And that's what they need to be in this game to keep them in the game. I think that this Purdue offense is going to struggle. I think. Purdue showed a lot of what they are capable of offensively and how balanced they were last week. You know, Hudson Card throwing for about 200 yards and the rushing attack uh, going for over 200 yards led by Tyrone Tracy Jr., former Hawkeye. I looked up in some of the last times on uh, the Iowa game notes, the last time a Iowa runner had a rush of more than 75 yards was Tyrone Tracy Jr. <clears throat> so a he still has his name in the Iowa game notes um more than just in a in a stat pack. So he has his uh has his name in uh in the last time something an Iowa player did. So interesting little tidbit there. So players to watch out for on the defensive side. Obviously I mentioned Cooper DeGene. I think 
I, I don't necessarily think they're going to avoid him, even though he has great anticipation, great uh, ball skills. Uh, when the ball is in the air, obviously he has um, three pick sixes in the last two years, and that's on top of uh, last week's punt return for a touchdown. So he has four uh, touchdowns as a defensive player. That's more than some Iowa offensive players have in the last two years. Could he play on offense this week? I think that's an, a valid question. I think that he might. They might see him on some jet sweeps. They might, you know, do a couple of tosses out to him, maybe get into some bubble screen actions. I don't think they're going to be sending him on, on any routes. I think they're going to be kind of just quick plays, get, get the ball in his hands as quickly as possible, and let him make a play with his feet. Because there's, I know he's got great ball skills, but I I don't think he's a you know a superb route runner, or is going to just be able to blow past a defensive back, um, and just make it a spectacular catch downfield. I don't think that's how they're going to try to use him. So, I think with him on defense, it's you're gonna not going to be avoiding him, um, even though you know he can shut down one half the field. I still think that there are just multiple options for this Purdue offense to go to, whether that is Garrett Miller over the middle, right at Cooper DeGene, or Deion Burks, who exploded and had a, a really good game. Can he continue to do that? Because the last time we saw him have a great game was against Fresno State, and he was kind of quiet for the next couple of games before breaking out again last week. I don't, I don't want to see that necessarily boom or bust with Deion Burks and I don't necessarily know if we're going to have that, but I just I would like to see him be more of that consistent guy that gets six to seven catches for 70 to 85 yards on, on a consistent basis. Can this rushing attack also do what they did last week? Like I said, I think at the beginning, I don't necessarily think they're going to. I think they're going to struggle to crack 100 yards. Um, and I, and I I just think that the offensive line is not going to get as much push as they did last week. I think this is going to be a defensive front for Iowa that is a little bit more physical, a little bit more athletic than what Iowa is, or Illinois was. And Illinois had some athletes. I just think that this is a little bit more powerful physical unit that knows how to get in the backfield and bring down a, a rusher. Like I said, they have 24 tackles for loss. They only have three sacks on the year. So this might be a game where it's going to be more on Hudson card to try and beat this Iowa offense through the air. And I think that they're going to be capable of doing this uh, as long as they spread the ball around and not just, you know, zone in on, on one target like Deion Burks. I think you have to get everybody involved in, and maybe it's getting the running backs more involved in the pass game. I haven't, we haven't seen that many catches out of the backfield um, from guys like Devin Mockabee, Tyrone Tracy um, here recently. But there's definitely, I think, ways to beat this Iowa offense, or Iowa defense, excuse me, and that might be one way, is spreading the ball around, using all of your guys and allowing you know your quick guys in space. And uh, you know who knows, we might see more of the other guys that we haven't, you know, seen uh, so much this year. I mean, I think on the depth chart for the first time this season, we saw Jaron Tibbs, uh, the four-star out of Cathedral, 
uh, true freshman. So do we see him get in uh, on some action get or get a catch or at least see the field at all? Uh, do we see um, uh, Dixon Veal? Uh, he came in and had a catch last week. So do we see more of him? I, I think if you start to keep getting these more of these guys involved, you're going to get more options for card to work with. And especially if Iowa has struggled to get after the quarterback and fully bring them down. Yes, they have, you know, some QB hurries and, and disruptions and stuff like that, but and some QB pressures. But if they're struggling to get down, bring down the quarterback, and obviously Hudson Card has the mobility to move around and avoid the sacks, I think that this could be a a definitely a game plan week where you kind of heavy heavily more favor the passing attack than you do the rushing attack. Cause I think, I think Iowa will definitely try to shut down this rushing attack because that's how Illinois kind of got worn down throughout the game last week. And then, you know, Purdue was just able to do whatever they wanted and had Illinois on their heels the entire time. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen this week. I think this is going to be a defense that's going to, be physical the entire game. I don't necessarily think they're going to bring down Hudson card a lot of the time, but I think they're going to get in his face and pressure him uh, quite a bit. And maybe that causes some turnovers. You got to win the turnover battle. That goes without saying, because when you're on the road and a crowd can be louder than maybe what you would expect um, and, and kind of, get into the heads of your players and maybe they start to force things. This is a definitely a situation where you want to come in, start off hot, get maybe up a score and kind of keep this crowd quiet uh, for the majority of the game. Don't give them any reason to get into the game and allow that, allow the players from Iowa to feed off of it. Because I think that this can be a opportunity for Purdue to continue to move the ball, but they have to finish drives. Um, Illinois' defense has been very good once teams get in the red zone. Iowa has allowed uh, six touchdowns in the red zone out of 14 trips. So less than half the time opposing teams get into the red zone, Iowa is allowing a touchdown. And they've all been passing touchdowns, uh, the six touchdowns. So... They have to finish drives if they can get into the red zone. They have to. They can't settle for field goals. They have to put points up on the board. Because if you can get to 30, 31 points, I think you can win this game. I don't, this is definitely not going to be a shootout. Vegas doesn't think so. Anyways, uh, the over under, under 40. So they think it's going to be a game that's going to be decided in the 20s, maybe not even the 20s, maybe the teens, the high teens low twenties. And I'm, I think I'm, I'm bordering on, I'm bordering on thinking that it will be a game total score that gets above 40. I, before I get my final prediction here, just a couple of more things that, that I want to get, but I think it's going to be very close to that total. They may go slightly over maybe. Yeah, thing, things can get weird as, as far as scores, um, especially in, in the big last week was an odd score with 44 to 19. I don't think that's ever happened in Big Ten play. So um, 
Deontay Craig, former uh, kid from Indiana, uh, plays along the edge, uh, is athletic, uh, is can disrupt a lot of things. He made a lot of plays in that uh, Penn State game that Iowa got drubbed in, but he was a, one that stood out to me in that game, make, being in, in the backfield all the time, making a lot of tackles. Uh, Nick Jackson, Jay Higgins, those are their two linebackers that have a lot of tackles. So expect to hear their names a lot on the broadcast on Peacock on uh, on Saturday at 3.30. Um, and if you haven't renewed your Peacock subscription or have canceled it thinking after this game, you know, we're going to be done with it, don't. Because you're going to need it next week and you're going to need it for those basketball games in November, December, and January. And in February as well. There's six six Purdue basketball games that are on Peacock. So, and it wouldn't surprise me if this is the last football game that's on Peacock. I would hope not since Purdue has already played three games on Peacock. I don't think it would be fair to the Purdue fan base to have it for more than a quarter of their season. That's would be a quarter of their games on a streaming service. I mean, I'm fine with games being on BTN, FS1, you may have the, the, the 330 Fox game. I mean, maybe the Michigan game might get put on Fox because Michigan is is beloved by the executives at Fox and, and those guys. So as long as it's doesn't interfere with the Colorado game, then that will be a then they will be maybe on Fox. But I, I would hope this is the last time they're on Peacock, but we we will have to see. All right. Final score prediction. I know I said in the schedule, the schedule episode that I think Purdue is going to win this game. I, however, think that Purdue is going to fall in this contest. I think that the offense kind of comes back down to earth. Um, and, and I think the defense will probably play at a similar level as they did last week, but I just think that this Iowa defense is too good. I don't think you're going to score enough on them to win. Um, even though with all the injuries on the Iowa offense and having a new quarterback, I think it could be uh, a blessing in disguise in how they approach their offense. I think it could be slightly different with uh, with Deacon Hill's mobility. I think he might run the ball a little bit more. And as we've seen, Purdue is susceptible to running quarterbacks. So I just think that they're going to be able to do just enough. And I think it comes down to the field position battle, which Iowa is one of the best teams in the country as far as special teams and how they how they uh, you know win the, the, the field position battle. And Purdue is one of the one of the worst teams, uh, to be honest with you. If you look at some of those numbers, so I think it's just going to be all in in those hidden hidden yards kind of things that Iowa is going to win, and Purdue's going to have to sustain long drives um, against this defense. And I just don't know if they're going to be able to do that consistently against a better unit than what they faced last week. So I have Iowa winning this game, twenty three. 23 to 13. I I don't think it goes over. I think Purdue Purdue's offense struggles in this game. Uh, I hope I'm wrong and, and they come out and finish drives, but I just think it's going to be a tough day on the road. 
I don't think it's going to be a repeat of what happened two years ago. It's definitely going to be a, a tougher task, I think, this time around um, with a different staff, uh, a different unit offensively, different quarterback, and uh, a defense that hopefully still keeps on improving. But I think they give up just a little bit too much uh, this week. So hope I'm wrong. Hopefully we are talking about a win on Sunday's uh, recap pod and not a loss. But the way I see it going into this matchup, I think it's going to be tough for Purdue to pull out a victory here uh, this week. So make sure you subscribe to the channel, Um, whether that is the podcast feed, YouTube channel. You can uh, follow me on social media as well, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Uh, You can follow me all there to find more clips of the show, not just the full-length episode here. So until Sunday, this has been another edition of the Behind the Rails of Purdue Football on the Believe Network presented by BetOnline. I've been your host, Bryce Vance. I will see you guys Sunday morning. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.